0: On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we have a lot to talk about in the heavyweight division. Joe Joyce, the juggernaut, put on a performance of the year candidate. We're also talking about the lightweight division. Lightweight division, a lot of these guys are chirping at each other. Shakur Stevenson is now a lightweight. We have our list this week. It is the top five boxing, best boxing nicknames of all time. And I can't forget we're talking to Sebastian Fundora, the towering inferno, six foot seven. 154 pounds gem loaded episode. Let's roll. What is up, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live presented by John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio, joined as always by former WBO junior lightweight. Welterweight, lightweight, welter, 140-pound champion. Chris Algieri, who is battling Mother Nature down in South Florida. As you can see, he is, I don't even know what that is. Is that something to lose? Weight. He we have a hurricane in, in down in South Florida. It has not stop Chris Algieri from joining the podcast today.
1: No, I'm still here. It's uh we got 150 mile an hour 55 mile an hour gale force winds we got sideways rain we got flooding everywhere but i'm still here with you guys talking boxing because where else would i be he's a
0: dedicated podcaster i love the outfit but you definitely also wore that to lose like to get down to 140
1: uh yeah i've worn this several times this is nothing new
0: it's off with it it's actually not of it. that
1: bad of where where i'm at I'm, I'm I'm actually in the nice part of florida we don't we don't deal with hurricanes
0: yeah honestly in all seriousness well wow, damn some of those the videos that are coming out naples getting destroyed right now i saw a house floating down the, yeah. the water i mean it's hurricane season you're and you're in florida you know you didn't want to live in new york anymore i'm in florida and floridians this is what you deal with you deal with hurricanes
1: yeah but you go to the nice places like where i live and there's nothing it's barely been raining outside
0: <laughs> that's wild i know I, I we were worried the john boy media office was worried ronnie is here producer ronnie uh, who's also battling in his own ways a little he's a little under the weather um, He looks it he was he does look it 22 year old battling through uh, a little bit of not covid right ronnie
1: i remember my first beer
2: <laughs> <laughs> no it is not covid i'm fighting my own demons here where there's no hurricane just yet but it's something that I can't handle. I still came into work today, Dan. So you he know, did show up.
0: He was at the office. It was like, um, it was the Michael Jordan flu game for, for yeah. Ronnie. He came in. And he made it be known mm. right away that he was sick. He had he had the <laughs> kind of like you did, just with the hood. He had the hood yeah. with the hat He <laughs> had over it. Usually, Ronnie comes in the office. He's bouncing around. He's life from mm-hmm. the office. It was just like head down, low right energy.
1: It was weird. It threw me off. I was made me sad. And now he's in a room with bunk beds. That's. <laughs> Also <laughs> indicative of, 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 where, how he's feeling. So
2: yeah. I'm 22 years old. I thought it was yeah. a dorm,
1: yeah. not a dorm.
0: That's it, that's He shares it with his brother, right? Your brother's off at Brown university. So it's clearly I you, are, are, you, brother.
1: are you top bunk, bottom bunk? How do, you, how do you guys figure that out?
2: When I was a child uh, during my childhood, top bunk nowadays, I'm bottom bunk. You gotta be uh, mature I'm a grown no man. man now.
1: That's,
0: that's man shit. Yeah. Especially yeah. if there's no one sleeping on like, it's just you. You got to take bottom. Yeah. 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 That'd be yeah. weird. Yeah. All right, Uh, let's talk some boxing. Oh, wait, before we get to the boxing, uh, big news. If we had breaking news music, we would play it. I won my parlay last week. Take that, Chris Algieri. Take that, haters.
1: The streak has been broken. This will go down in history.
0: I picked, uh, who did I pick? I picked Serrano to win by decision. She did. I picked, what was my other pick? I picked Shakur Stevenson by decision. Which was a little dicey and a little hairy because we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Uh I thought that Kinsesa was gonna be out uh by the sixth round or seventh round the way he was looking. But Shakur, we'll talk about that in a second. Didn't didn't go for the didn't go for the knockout. And then Serrano Cruz to one of the easiest decisions ever that looked like it was a damn sparring match. But I won. I bucked the trend. Narrative is over. I am now one for my last one. Uh DraftKings parlays can't take this from me. I'm gonna celebrate uh until we're ready for our next one. I don't know when that is, well, but well,
1: interestingly enough you you breaking your drought has caused my first loss because i was betting that i was betting that you were not going to pick the right oh so you
0: faded me correct
1: i've been fading you since the beginning so i've been i've been i've been all the way on you faded your own co host uh i'm a smart guy you know i'm just i'm just going with with you know
0: You've always been smart with your money, so that I, yeah. I understand that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, All right, so let's get into it. Like we said, I'm going to flip a coin. Our two main topics before we get to Sebastian Fundora uh, interview is the heavyweight division, and it's the lightweight divisions, two of the, uh, the divisions right now that are in the news because we don't really have much going on this week because there are really zero meaningful fights this weekend, which is kind of crazy. All right, so heads, we're talking heavyweights, tails, we're talking lightweights, Tales, it is so we'll start with the lightweights chris you were watching the fight i was uh watching along too and i was working coffee box uh shakur stevenson missed weight uh he missed weight when we were live during our last show um or towards the end of the show he comes in uh, i think a pound and a half over that uh wasn't a great look for him gets into the ring and i thought wow you know he's starting to really sit down on his punches he's going for it thought he looked powerful in there for the first six rounds and then the second half of the fight happens and we're looking at low blows. He's flipping them over like an MMA fighter. Uh, can't get him out of there. one could say, so I was clearly hurt and was clearly on, on jelly legs in, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How would you rate that performance from Stevenson? Because I thought first six, he looked like, uh, you know, this is maybe a, a guy that's growing mm-hmm. into his, his power last six. I think it, it raised a lot more questions than answers.
1: I mean, I- I, I saw it a little differently than you. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, Shakur was dominant throughout. Um, I think a lot of people maybe who are watching the fight didn't don't realize how good Kensei Sao is. And for me, looking at that fight, seeing as someone who's with the pedigree of Kensei Sao, and I've seen him fight before. I called the fight against Valdez, also his amateur pedigree. He's a phenomenal fighter. And Shakur was able to make him completely inept and at several times throughout the bout, made him look I, honestly amateurish. He was falling over his front foot. I was I was telling a friend of mine, if you split the screen and you saw each fighter in their own, it looked like two different fights. Shakur was fighting slow, methodical, strong, making everything work. sao fast, fighting f- so over his front foot, off balance, falling all over himself. And Shakur was just just there, taking. The range, using his his shoulder movement, his defense. I mean, for the first six rounds, he looked absolutely phenomenal. In the seventh round, he really put a beating on Canseco, which, which you mentioned, looked like he was going to get him out of there. The doctors thought so too. They came in the corner. They're asking if he wanted to continue, which was probably very premature, but also shows you how dominant um, uh, Shakur was. Next two rounds, Canseco comes out, throws more punches. Is he effective? In the sense that he was, yeah, aggressive and he threw more shots, sure. If you're going to give him two rounds, it was probably those. But from then on out, yeah, it got a little ugly. Shakur pulled off the gas. But then the 12th round comes out, looks like he wants to finish it. He probably could have done that at any point earlier. Doesn't get the stoppage, but was a dominant performance either way. I'm still super impressed with the fight. I'm super impressed with Shakur's uh, uh, performance. I thought that what he did against the guy that he did it and the way that he did it was very impressive so I don't know I'm I'm still super high on Shakur especially after this fight
0: yeah I, I I mean to the you obviously have a a better eye than than most when it comes to this but you can't deny the first six rounds you know he looked he looked like he was going to erase a lot of the doubts that people have with him obviously we know he's a defensive wizard and uh I think can say so outlanded him in the first round but after that it was all all Stevenson uh, Stevenson landed 199 total punches. That's the most uh, in his career. Uh, mm-hmm. He landed, let's see, fifth, almost 50% of his power shots. He landed a career-high amount of body shots. That's a, the big thing in this fight, which I think really helped him. Could say still so look huge in there. Uh, he, was, huge. he knew he was going to move. We talked about this last week. As an amateur fighter, it's what they do. Uh, they move around in there, and he took that away from him. And he took it away from him pretty impressively with the body work. A lot of it was, uh, some of them were, were low blows. Uh, I think he actually got a point deducted too. So I think Steve, that's the first very, time. It was,
1: It was. I thought it was early, but yeah, he did. Yeah.
0: Right. Like a first time in his career. Obviously, he, he first time he misses weight, first time he gets a point taken away from him. I mean, these are like, uh, we talked last week about how this guy's had a perfect career and doesn't have a lot of faults. I mean, these are small little things, Uh, but yeah, Uh, you know, to, to your eye, you know, the well-trained eye, there was a thing, little things in there that he did great. Uh, but to the masses. And uh, I wouldn't say that he has haters, Shakur. I would say that there are people that are like, you know what? Like, you need to pump your brakes. You know, we posted a clip. Uh, doubters, you, not, not haters, doubters. doubters. Exactly. Yeah. You You put out the clip or we put out the clip and you said, you know, this is the closest thing to Floyd Mayweather, and um, you know, some people got a agree. lot of heat for that. I'm sure. Hey, Yeah, a few people were like, you know, wait a second, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like, you know, this guy isn't that great. Uh, you know, there's guys on you cool. Know, guys. In cool. Mark my course. words. Write
1: it. Write, write it. down. It's on Twitter now, so it's <laughs> it's <laughs> on
0: Twitter. So it's it's written in in, in stone. But he had.
1: I thought that he had
0: a chance to get this guy out of there. Um, I thought I agree. He I agree. legs. He just was on skates. He had no legs towards the end of that fight. Uh, he did win a few rounds late, say but that's when he was starting to throw more. So Stevenson, you know, as we know, when a fighter throws more, you have more chances to counter, uh, more openings. I thought Stevenson could have erased all doubts for the doubters, could have yeah. said, you know what, I'm going up to 135 by knocking out uh, one of the most, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the tougher guy, uh, a bigger guy, a, a gold medalist, you name it, and erased all doubt. And now we're talking serious momentum. But this is the thing with Stevenson. He, he doesn't really want to go for the knockout. And why do you think that is, Chris?
1: You know, so uh, we, we spoke about this off air. I, I think Shakur, and he showed that in the fight, he's strong. He's physically strong for the weight class. Uh, he's got power, you know, and, and he doesn't have one punch power. Most people don't. And even most knockout artists don't. A lot of guys have a mentality that gets the stoppage. Shakur does not have that mentality. He doesn't have that mindset. He's not willing to take one to get one. To take, you know, to take mm-hmm. one to give one, so that goes a long way when it comes to knockouts and getting guys out of there. Shakur had, like you said, he had the opportunity to, to push the limit and probably get Consecco out of there. Seventh round, I mean, he landed a ton of punches. He had Consecco reeling. The the like I said, the the doctors were looking at him in the corner, like, "Hey, do you want to continue?" If Shakur had stepped on the gas there. There was a really good chance that he was gonna get him out of there. I even said it on Twitter. I'm like, I'm smelling a Shakur stoppage because he was so on top of Kinseysa with the body work, with the cons- you know, consistent punches. And he just he just let off the gas. He doesn't have that mentality to take those ex- extra risks. That second half of the fight, you're gonna get hit more. But if you're willing to take those shots in order to get a guy out of there, you'll do it. And a lot of a lot of knockout punchers or guys who get stoppages will fight that way. Shakur's not that way. I don't think it's a power thing. I don't think it's a strength thing. I think he has that. Obviously he doesn't have the one-punch power, but he doesn't have the mentality to get those stoppages out there. Does not take away from how goddamn good he is because he is that good. And his defense is really where, is is the backbone of how good he really is. And he's able to use that. Now he's mixing it with aggressive offense. I, I think he's a hard guy to beat, even if he doesn't get the stoppage.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys in the division or now his new division, 135. Uh, let's talk about that. We weren't able to Discuss it on on the show because it happened after we uh, went off the air. Came in 100 and I think 1.6 over, which is a lot. Uh, it might mean a lot to so, the. To a casual boxing fan, but 1.6 is that's a significant amount. Me, almost like he did, was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not even for a title fight. That's a, that's a tremendous amount, yeah. Right. So that's that's big uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's not, never a good look to lose your belts on the scale. Uh, never a good look. It's the ultimate sign of professionalism is is to make weight. Uh, you know this. Uh, so he doesn't make it's the weight. F- it's the first fight.
1: It's always the first fight. Make the weight.
0: Right. It's the first fight. Yeah. Exactly. Get on that scale. Make the weight. You know, it's what you're contractually obligated to do uh your counterpart is is doing the same thing to get down there it's just the right thing to do everyone knows that so he comes in overweight loses two of his belts uh he was gonna move up to 135 anyway something i said um and uh that is the case he was but i'm sure he did not want to do it like this how uh, what do you look into it i feel like it wasn't he was given almost like a pass where tank davis comes in 0.5 and Then he goes and makes the weight. You know, an hour later, he's ripped apart. Uh, David Benavidez misses weight, ripped apart. Still to this day, it's held people hold it over his head. I feel like Shakur kind of got a pass here. Do you think it's because he's going to 135? I think it's because he's had such a a, a good career so far and accomplished so much? What what do you make of the whole missing weight for Shakur?
1: Yeah, it's it's because of who he is and where he's at in his career at this point. If that happened a couple of fights ago, it's a whole different thing. If that happened before he beats Valdez, if that happened before he stops Jamel Herring, uh, he's going to get raked over the coals. But because of who he is and where he is and the momentum that he has in his career currently, yeah, it's going to get brushed under the rug. You're with top rank. Top rank's going to take care of you. Um, you come in overweight. You're getting rid of the felts anyway. You're moving up to much you know, bigger, brighter pastures. Eh, people are going to sweep that under the rug and kind of forget about it. They're never, No one's ever going to talk about that in a couple years when you know, he's a multiple-time, multiple-division world champion. It sucks, but hey, man, that's... Uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's showbiz, right? That's boxing. That's,
0: yeah, uh, that's showbiz.
1: That's not boxing. That's showbiz. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks, so but it is what it is.
0: Right. So Shakur, now the the lightweight, he is now entered the 135 pound division, division ruled by Devin Haney after the fight. Uh, he was asked, who is the guy at 135. He said, it's Devin Haney. I mean, he has all the belts. If you don't say Devin Haney, you're simply a hater. Um, so that's the deal at 135. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of good fighters at 135. There's Vasily Lomachenko who is going to be fighting Jermaine Ortiz at the Garden at the end of October. Uh, he's supposed to be lined up to face the winner of haney So We all expect um, Haney uh, to win that fight. Then there's guys like Brian Garcia uh, who we you know kind of goes back and forth between 135 and 140. They're beefing now on on Twitter today. And then you got um, who am I missing? Oh, Tank Davis, who I <laughs> think stylistically, Tank versus Shakur is a way more exciting fight to me than Tank, uh, than Shakur uh, versus Haney, which I think they're kind of mirror each other. It'd be a great, like, battle in terms of, like, t- you know, technical battle. But I think just, like, the power of Tank versus the elusiveness of Shakur Stevenson, you know, I'll ask you first, like, which fight do you want to see the most? And then which fight do you think top Rank gives Shakur at 135?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to respectfully disagree about them looking similar in terms of uh, styles with Shakur and Devin. Devin's way more offensive. You know, he's a, he's a jabber. You know, he's a he's more of a boxer puncher, even though he, he's not a puncher. Um, I actually think Shakur probably has more power than than Devin, but Devin I, yeah, fights there. But Devin fights in a much more aggressive stance. He fights out of that, you know, a, a boxer puncher using that left jab. He's very, he pumps it. He's got a lot of speed. Shakur is much more of a defensive back-footer fighter, a southpaw using his shoulder rolls, um, using that distance. He's his, his judge of range is fantastic. Uh, that fight will be interesting because it will be a chess match, uh, and the pace will be set fast by Haney but slowed by Shakur. So uh, the, the that fight could end up a lot of different ways, but most likely is going to be a very tactical battle. But I do agree with what you're saying about it. Tank. I think that is a great matchup in terms of, differences in style um and not even as much as the power interests me about tank it's just explosiveness, Mm -hmm. because defensive fighters they want everything slowed down right because they see everything coming when a fight when a fight is really fast and pushed the pace is really pushed and there's a lot of guys who are throwing a ton of punches that's where you're supposed to fight counter punchers it's throw combinations uh it makes it much more difficult you know and tank is so explosive he can he can make up for one being shorter than a lot of everyone he fights. Two, also not being uh, defensively minded or, or, or filling that gap. I've always thought that him and, and Lomachenko would be really interesting because I think his explosiveness might yeah. beat some of that defensive prowess of, of Lomachenko. So I, I kind of see that too with Shakur. I think that's the most interesting fight out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Any, anyone with Lomachenko. I mean, Lomachenko. Yeah, at Ol- top rank is awesome. Right, mm-hmm. Lomachenko at top rank, the name recognition, his style. It seems like Haney has the inside track to to Lomachenko. That seems like a done deal. That's happening after Haney probably outpoints Cambosos October. That's been done six months in advance, at least. Right. That's how Top Rank works. They have Lomachenko waiting there. It's a perfect fight. Uh, So Shakur is going to have to wait, or Shakur is going to have to fight a a Top Rank 135 pounder. Uh, I'm sure they can find someone. Brad Goodman, Bruce Trampler are the matchmakers at Top Rank. Fantastic guys. The best. They literally are the the best in the business. But the reason, another reason why. Shakur missing weight was pretty significant is because of the WBO's clause that we talked about on a previous episode where if you're the WBO champion and you move up a division, which of course Stevenson was planning on doing as the 130-pound WBO champ going to to lightweight, you have first crack at the WBO champion, which which is Devin Haney. I don't know if that would have like streamlined Haney versus Lomachenko, or excuse me, Haney versus Shakur, Uh, but now that he's relinquishing his belt, he doesn't have that that um, just uh, what is it? He doesn't have he doesn't have the chance to do that. So right. that's interesting. So that's a, a little wrinkle in him losing, uh, you know, those titles on the scale. But Lomachenko versus Shakur would be fire. Lomachenko versus Haney, obviously, we're getting that. Uh, the thing with Javanta, it's interesting, is everyone's like, you know, he's so powerful, he's so powerful. Yes, but he just doesn't throw punches. Like he throws in the low thirties. Like sometimes, uh, you know, teens. Like he. It's not going to be like a frantic style fight, but it's just like knowing that Tank has that one hitter quitter that Haney doesn't have. Interesting to me, and I posted a picture on Twitter of the two of them. Shakur is so much bigger than, than Javonta Davis, but Davis has no problems knocking out guys bigger than what he did, you know, to Mario Barrios and uh, who's essentially Lowe. a
1: welterweight. I mean, he went twelve with with or ten or twelve with Keith Thurman. The fight after getting stopped by by Gervonta people need to put that in perspective like Mario Barrios got stopped by Gervonta at 140 and then immediately moved up to 147 and went the distance with yeah. Keith Thurman yeah yeah you, you really got to take in, in, into account that you know Gervonta has that kind of power that he's able to put away guys much bigger than him even though you take a picture next to him he's way bigger Shakur's big for all those weight classes I think um but yeah, I mean, I think both of those guys are different different types of, of, of guys. But are we going to see that fight right away? Absolutely not. Are we gonna see any not. of these fights? I mean, these guys, uh, as we record this, are just chirping at each
0: other. You know, uh, Ryan Garcia said, Shakur, your fight put me to sleep. Uh, the best part of it was the final bell. Uh, Devin Haney, you know, he's not saying too much to Shakur. It seems like they have a mutual uh, respect towards each other. Keyshawn Davis, who was on the undercard and knocked out another guy. He is getting dragged on Twitter right now because he was too excited that Shakur called out Devin Haney. What are we doing? He's like why, why are we upset over a friend being happy for a friend? The, the reason is Shakur, I mean, excuse me, Haney tweeted that Keyshawn Davis, we're the same age, and why are you so excited for Shakur when you should be excited for
1: yourself to try to fight me? Do you, you kind of get that? No, because he's not, <laughs> he's not there. I mean, we, we spoke about, uh, I, I mentioned the top prospects on, you know, the, the, the top prospects under 25 who have not won a title yet. And I mentioned that um, one of my honorable mentions or no, it was one of my, no, I think it's my honorable yeah, mention. was, was Keisha right and Davis. Yeah. And the only reason was because he didn't have a fights yet. So yeah. he, the- why, why could he possibly be calling out the undisputed champion of the world even if you're the same age, it doesn't matter. You're starting from different places and, you know, yeah, sure. You want to jump the gun because, you know, he's obviously fought in the Olympics and he's got a crazy amateur background, but he still has a lot more development to. Do. He's not, he's not there yet. Um, and, and Devin, be careful, man. He, he might be there soon. So a yeah, yeah, couple of years, o- he's, he's right there. Six And, o- and you'll he's still strong. be there.
0: Exactly. Six and all, he looked great. Um,
3: Way different,
0: great. way different part of his career. He's he's coming out of the Olympics. He's still considered like a prospect. Haney is obviously a freaking man. He's at the top of the mountain. It's mm-hmm. just like Twitter stuff. I mean, now we have a whole new set of characters. at 135 now that are all jockeying, not really fighting each other besides outside of Haney fighting Cambosos, Maybe Cambosos if he looks good enough, has a good enough performance against Shakur, uh, excuse me, against Haney. He can uh, maybe, if he wants to stick around and fight Shakur 135, that's another big fight that can be made uh, inside top Makes rank. sense. Makes sense. I mean, if you're looking for – I have the ring ratings open right now. This isn't the end-all, be-all, but the top 10, there's no one at top at top rank. You got Camposos, you got Lomachenko, you got Javante, you got Ryan Garcia, Isaac Cruz of PBC, Joseph Diaz is fighting William Zepeda. At the end of the month, they're both with Golden Boy. Frank Martin, who I think is really good. He's with PBC, Mike uh, Michael Rivera, PBC. So uh, I'm sure top rank will find an opponent for Shakur. Expecting to be back first quarter of uh, 2022. Before I move on to the heavyweights, we get a wellness check on Ronnie. How are you feeling?
2: Starting to sweat, guys.
0: <laughs> You're starting good. to sweat. You're starting to sweat like Chris Algieri one week out from him trying to make 140 pounds. You want
1: to Take borrow this? Least. You
3: want to borrow my... Yeah. Uh... All right. no, good. You guys
0: sweat it out, bro. We got your, um, sweat it out. We got your uh, casual corner at the end of the show. So you just have to simply stay alive until the
1: end of the podcast. Can you do that? Uh,
2: all right, I'll try. Money,
1: get some tea, bro. I got some chamomile here. It's really good for your throat.
2: Chamomile, yeah. I might have to try that. Okay.
1: Chamomile with some
2: lemon. Okay. Sounds good.
0: All right, Chris, Ronnie, let's talk about the heavyweight division um, this past weekend. The Juggernaut, Joe Joyce. Oh, my goodness. What a performance. Averaged 95 punches from round 6 through 11. He came on. Uh, I took him a little bit. Started, I wouldn't say slow. The fight was fought um, at a decent pace. He gets the win, knocks out Joseph Parker. The Juggernaut lives on. Um, I love the guy. I know, Chris, you weren't as high on him as I am. But how about this? Threw 844 punches. So that's 84 or something like that around. 80 plus around. Landed 300 plus punches, 100 plus jabs, and 90 plus body shots. That is absurd for a heavyweight. Uh, He took a lot of punches. He landed a lot of punches. He is probably the most unique heavyweight in boxing right now. Uh, This is arguably his biggest win uh, he is all the rage right now in the heavyweight division. Joe Joyce, I want to see him against the top guys. Not arguably his
1: biggest win, by far his biggest win. Uh, Joseph Parker is a top, solid heavyweight contender. Um, never been stopped. So for for to do that, stepping up in in, in experience and caliber, and be able to get him out of there the way he did—that's very, very impressive. To throw that many punches. That's absurd. That is yeah. absolutely absurd. Um, you know, the thing about Joe Joyce is he's a good athlete. You got a guy like that. He's a big, good athlete. I'm not high in his boxing IQ, obviously, because it's, it's, it's not there yet. It's not there to his physical prowess. But um, he's making it work. And that's the thing about boxing. And that's the thing about boxing that I love. You don't have to do it. It doesn't have to be right. It just has to work. And Joe Joyce is making it work um it doesn't look pretty a lot of the times but he he gets it done and he got it done on saturday night against a very very good fighter um in impressive fashion so yeah i mean do we want to see him against those top guys sure why not do i think he can beat those top guys i don't
0: really like what (laughs)
1: like it's so hard for
0: me to figure out like a winner between him and some of these big guys because every time you go down the list like I, i tweeted he's a problem and everyone's like, nah, he can't beat Fury. Nah, he can't beat Wilder. Nah, he can't beat Usyk. But if he could take their best punch, if he can deliver But that's power, a big question.
1: That's a big question. Parker's not a big puncher.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, Wilder is. Uh, Brian Jennings had him in a world of trouble from a left hook to the liver a couple times. Yeah, but he and he didn't over show any
0: right. signs of being hurt, um, Joyce, in that fight. He hasn't shown any yeah, real signs I mean, besides well, the, uh, the Jennings fight. I don't, you know, he's he has a great chin, I and mean, that's probably one yes. of his most the the thing about him that that sticks out the most besides the motor is he has an unbelievable chin. So that gives him, if he has a chin, a jab, and a power
1: plus power, he could beat anyone. He could, but there's a that, there's a question mark with a could because the chin chins run out sometimes overnight, in whether you're older or you're not. And he is actually old, but um, thirty-seven.
0: He t- we were calling him thirty-five. He's actually thirty-seven.
1: Right, exactly. So for heavyweights, he's not that old, but for the sport, he's old. And you know, he hasn't been in that many fights, and he hasn't taken that much damage. But he kind of has. He's been hit a lot in his whole career, um, adding up since that. And that that adds up. So I don't know, man. Um, I'd be impressed to see it, but I just I don't I don't I don't see him as that upper echelon of heavyweight. Um, Even though he has the physicality, he looks the part. Um, But listen, I've I've been wrong before. I
0: think yeah, but... <laughs> I, I I haven't I don't know what that's like I'm a, a one for my last one in same game parlay you haven't been, you know.
1: you've been wrong since Friday no right? I haven't been wrong
0: uh, I bet I put uh, a bunch of money on on Aaron Judge hitting a home run uh, hopefully that hits and I don't jinx him I don't mush uh, Aaron Judge sits on sitting on 60 home runs like you <laughs> <laughs> he, he did not we're recording it I have it on in the background I think he got out he grounded out Ronnie
2: Yes, he uh grounded
0: grounded a third. All right, he's making – at least they're throwing him strikes. They're throwing him. They're not, you know, the Blue Jays. Forget what. It's a whole nother. you can find the baseball podcast on the John Boy uh, platform. But back to, to Joyce. Um, do you think – obviously, we talked about Wilder. I need to see Deontay Wilder land a flush right hand on Joe Joyce, and I think we all need to see that. It's like a science experiment. Uh, did you see the clip? Someone, a reporter, was like – oh, we, we need to see you, uh, you know, take a shot from, from Wilder. And he was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, dude, do, do I don't know if I really want that to happen. Like, that guy can hit. So even he knows the, the power of, of Wilder. But I want to see Joe Joyce in there with Fury. I want to see him in there with Usyk. Uh, they did fight in the 2013 World Series of Boxing. Um, you know, as like you said, Joyce is an older, older guy, so he wasn't like a, a teenager. He wasn't, uh, you know, just starting out. And Usyk dominated. Uh, that's interesting in, in terms of how Usyk can move in there. And that would be, he would give That's right there would be an interesting matchup. There's just so many good matchups with, with Joyce. But you're saying you wouldn't favor him. Would you favor him over Wilder? No. Wow. You think Wilder can stand up to 80
1: punches around? I don't think he needs to. I think he needs to land one. Wow, he lands one good. one right hand. And it seems like Joe Joyce is that hard to find. And, and no one has stood up to the power of Wilder. I, I literally think he's the best one-punch boxer in in, in, in history. I mean, he, he the guy could knock out a dinosaur. <laughs> he lands that right hand. It's the end of the night. Unless you're Tyson Fury and you're literally the uh, – uh, <laughs> you're, you're rising from the dead. The undertaker? Keep fighting. Yeah, The Undertaker. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, uh, You know, other than that, I mean, he's starched everybody. He's landed that right hand on. So,
0: Ronnie, unmute your mic. Um, October 15th, Deontay Wilder at the Barclays Center. Robert Helene I want to go. As a casual fan, what do you know of of Wilder? Because I know a lot of casual fans know the name Deontay Wilder.
2: Yeah, he's one of the few boxes that I know from his name. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him fight um i know that he's been in big fights but i, I know his name that's all i can tell he you has but got, the fact that i know his name is great
0: he has got the some of the most insane highlight reel knockouts like conjuring yeah. up like mike tyson like one time throwback one punch i was at barclays from across the bar- ring bar- yeah dude i was at barclays when he knocked out brazil and it yes. was good freaking one. nuts like we're gonna and brazil there. is a good fighter too and he's yeah he starts bing him. bing mm-hmm. bing bong he was done we're gonna be bing there bong. ronnie um at barclays october 15th he fought the barclays a lot that was like his home grounds uh for a while before he moved over to vegas to fight uh fury it's an experience in a, in a half uh you know his, his ring entrances uh the, the barclays crowd is gonna be wild uh that fight's definitely ending in a knockout one way or another so He's in the mix, too. Uh, Obviously, um, Fury Joshua seems to be off uh, now. Um, The timeline on this fight is bizarre. Uh, From Fury calling out Joshua coming off of a loss, Joshua says yes. Uh, Fury says, oh, shit. He said yes. Now what? Uh, Let's give him until Monday. Uh, They give him until Monday. Joshua says he signed. He actually freestyled uh, in a car with his boys that he will sign the contract, Joshua. Uh, but Fury says he never got the contract. Now Fury is looking to fight Manuel Char. Are you kidding me? After all of that, Tyson Fury's going to fight Manuel Char. Like, this heavyweight division sometimes can be so frustrating. That's all I got.
1: I think that Tyson is feigning this whole thing. I, th- I still think the Joshua fight is going to happen next. So you've been sticking yeah. with that. That's been your yeah. stance. Yeah. Like, why not? I mean, but when, could he? Could this he... year or next year? No, I still think it's going to be next year. I don't think it's going to be right away um the manual char fight i mean tyson's smart he understands this game he can throw out that and 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 get people to fight on clamor it. about and be like oh man char this char that but it doesn't matter he's in the news again he's in the news cycle very very smart he likes to be in the news cycle he likes the attention he called out everybody he called <laughs> he called out trezorah before Usyk and joshua and then joshua fights and he calls out Usyk, and then now he's fighting joshua and now he calls out emmanuel char he understands the game you know he, he he's a media mogul at this point um so he understands how this this game works uh I, I ultimately he wants the joshua fight that's the payday that's the fight that he can win that's the fight that he can look great in so i i ultimately that's where his target's
2: at
0: yeah the the fury joshua fight is the money fight the Usyk. uh Fury fight is the legacy fight. Uh, the Joe Joyce one is oh, you want me to uh, big balls fight. Um, yeah, you want to sh- you want to, want me to stop the fun guy. fight. It's fun fight, uh, definitely. All of them are fun. That's the that's the beauty of this. Is these are. I don't think have- the
1: sick fight is fun.
0: Morani has his hand raised.
2: I have a question. Did you guys casual, the from the casual corner. Yeah, yeah. from the this casual is my, bed. This is not my official submission. Okay. Um, Just warm um, up. Once, you, once I have the sunglasses on, you'll know it's casual time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Do you guys see that video of Fury being like, he's got till Monday. Yeah. You know, he, you know, I saw somebody saying that he was obviously on cocaine. What do you guys think about?
0: It? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to say too, that looked like we're from Long Island, Chris. We've seen a fair share of people on cocaine. He had the typewriter <laughs> jaw. Like I've never seen, like, that was like the, uh, the most obvious. I am like, you've never to. seen,
1: like you've, like you've always seen.
0: Always seen like, like <laughs> that guy is clearly on cocaine. Like it was, he was sweating, his mouth was moving, he was eating imaginary his sandwich it wasn't there. Eyes, like, I mean, and also, he has a history of doing like hard drugs.
1: Uh, and he has been retired for six months, so uh, writing is on the wall for that. You know, right, listen, <laughs> if it uh, looks uh, like it, a duck, sounds like a duck, <laughs> it, it very well might be a duck. You can do
0: whatever you want, I mean, that's the beauty. I mean, the boxing, these guys have so much free time and all the money in the world, and, and all the adulation. Hey, but listen,
1: a lot of great fighters in History Path have been doing cocaine during their career and performed at a very, very high level because these these guys are so, so talented. Listen, it's going to hurt you in the long run, but... How do you think the 80s existed in boxing?
0: The 80s was all,
3: yeah, it was
1: coke-fueled, all those fights. What did
0: you say, Ronnie?
2: Lawrence Taylor. Oh, yeah, a- I mean, the it's, it's,
0: uh, 80s were nuts. Uh, Tyson Fury is a throwback fighter in more ways than one, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on, on his drug use. He got huge at one point, Ron. He won the, the he beat Klitschko in 2015, and then he never made it, def- he never fought him again. He blew up to almost 450 pounds. He left boxing. He got suicidal, mental health issues, said he was never going <laughs> to box again, and then he started his comeback. He, he started losing the weight. Got down to where he is now and and has never lost. He only has that one controversial draw. Guy's parties. He parties. He fights. He just comes from a freaking family of gypsies. They're absolutely nuts. There's another Fury fighting this weekend. Like another one. There's like 50 of them. Uh, If you go box record, you put in Fury. There's like 55 Furies. And they all come from the same dad. Big John Fury. Who once gouged a guy's eye out. Not allowed in, in the U.S. Did you know that, Chris? I did not know that. That's wild. When, Makes sense. You and Tommy Fury were supposed to fight Jake Paul. They uh, that it was known that, that Big John Fury was not allowed to come. So when they did their press conference, he was just like on a you know on a TV and he was yelling out crazy shit to Jake Paul because you know he's not allowed in the U.S. He ripped a guy's eyeball out. The gypsies do. All right, let's move on. Um, it's time for our list. And Chris, our lists have been getting a lot of engagement on social media. Uh, we post them every week um we've done some fun ones the best trilogies of all time uh, what did we do last week i forgot already anyone uh
1: the top 20 the top five under 25 who have not won a title of course the ridiculously long one that was hard to fit
0: on the graphic but here we go in 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 light of the juggernaut which is a great nickname in light of our guest this week on the show the towering inferno especially in fundora these are the top five best boxing nicknames of all time, uh, and I use best. Like we, you know, maybe replace best with favorite. Um, I think that's what we went with. But I will start it off. Um, this was hard to to whittle down to five. But I'll go with uh, number five, Michael Second to None, <laughs> which is just an awesome nickname. Uh, considering your last name is None and you want to be the best in boxing, he was damn good. Pride of Davenport, Iowa. N-U-N-N, um, by the way, not N-O-N-E yes. for those. Michael Nunn, N-U-N-N. And um obviously middleweight champ. I think he was a champion also at, at 168, I believe, or maybe one thirty Hell of a fighter. Yeah, two-division world champion, really good. Didn't know that he was sentenced to 24 years in prison for uh, cocaine. This is a cocaine podcast now. Speaking uh, of cocaine. Yeah, and he was released in 2019. Michael second to Nunn is number five on my list. Number four, the Bayonne Bleeder, Chuck Wepner legend here on the east coast legend in new jersey especially bayonne where he grew up legend because the rocky movie the rocky franchise was based off of this man's life chuck Weppner, uh what a man the bayonne bleeder that is just the coolest nickname to me and i'm happy that we'll get to you in a second ron this is my time um We'll get to you, bro. Uh, Chuck Webster, I'm happy that he didn't get any money from the Rocky franchise. They kind of just ripped off his life story and then ran with it. But then of Schreiber uh, made that document. I think that movie on Showtime called Chuck. Um, obviously not as much money as he would have gotten from Rocky, but maybe oh. he got a little uh, a check from that. All right, Ron, let's, what,
2: what do you got? Oh, no, wait. The- Rocky was based off this guy?
0: Loosely. Like, he's, he took him to court. I don't think they won. But it's like, well, allegedly, allegedly. 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 Okay. Yeah. allegedly, okay. a lot of that okay. happens in boxing, a lot of litigation, a lot of, hey, you okay. did this to me and now I'll see you in court. But that was a, that was the story. I actually met him at a fight once. Um, He was known that he was like a, a tough uh, heavyweight that fought. The, he fought Ali. He uh <laughs> went he almost went the distance with Ali. And then Rocky comes out like right around that time or right after. And it's I think Sylvester maybe even admitted to it. I, I could be wrong here. I'm sure someone will will correct me uh, once they listen to this. Number three, he dropped Ali.
1: He he dropped
0: Ali yes. in that fight. The same way. Uh, what's his name? Dropped. Uh, you know, uh, Dickie Ward dropped sh- Sugar Sugar right. Ray. Yeah,
1: allegedly. He, there's a picture. There's a picture of him stepping over him. Yeah. So
0: obviously. And so I knocked you down. Knocked you down, Ray. Uh, mm-hmm. number three, James lights out Tony. That is just that's that should be a nickname right there. That is a nickname. It's lights out, James Tony. Love that one. Forty-seven knockouts in the 77 wins hall of famer uh one of the best technicians in there but we'll turn your lights out in a second uh james lights out tony number two are you guys familiar with the work of eric eschke butterbean butterbean come on man what a name that guy is so good ronnie you know who that
2: is he was on jackass you
1: know you know who that is
2: you don't
0: know who
1: butterbean is
2: not, not that I can recall. God. Maybe if I see a picture, but jackass section before I your
1: time. Shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I Jack forgot how old, forgot how young that. you are. Butterbean, it was a big, fat guy <laughs> who would really punch. Rounders. What's up? He could really punch, really, really punch. He was he he fought. i read his bio before we did this. He he went into uh, tough man competitions. His friends dared oh. him to. He dominated the tough man competitions, and then they moved him to. Uh, he, he became like a legend. They moved him to like four rounders and they were putting him on legitimate fight cards. Like he was fighting on pay per views underneath like some big time fights. Yeah, Tyson and, fights
1: and shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Tyson. He would wear the red, white, and blue shorts and he went by Butterbean. He won 51 consecutive fights, uh, all four to six rounders. He just was perfect for a pay per view. First the fight of the, of the night. First fight of the night. Let's get a sick knockout. Get everyone excited. Butterbean, Haymaker. It's the best nickname in my – it could be number one because I didn't even know his name was Eric Eschke. You just know him. It's Butterbean. He <laughs> was in movies. He was in TV. He fought mixed martial arts. He uh, was in Jackass where they set up a ring and, like, a models, and he just, like, knocks the guy out.
1: Uh, he knocked out Johnny Knoxville bad, like, yeah, really bad. That was bad. a bad idea. That was bad. Um, Johnny, Man, do you remember this? So do, I don't know if you were a WWE, WWF fan. Yes. But they did the boxing, and they did a tournament. Yes. at the end, the winner fought Butterbean. Yeah. And uh, literally. Uh, Something's gone. Uh, I don't remember. But there was this big tournament. And they had these guys fight each other. And it was such a bad idea because every one of them got hurt really bad. They were all great, you know, wrestlers. But there was a couple guys who could actually really punch. And yeah. they were knocking everybody out. Spark and this gun. one guy who just. Yeah, he was knocking out. Everybody could really punch. He was knocking everybody out. And he fought Butterbean, and Butterbean. Pasted it. <laughs> I have it, it right was here.
0: Bad. Really, I was watching really that bad. On something. Um, some documentary. I really like WWE. Dark side of the ring or something. Dark like side that. of the Didn't... ring, Ronnie. So they, yeah. the WWF was like, they needed ideas, and they were like, "All right, let's do like real boxing, uh and bad let's idea. have our WWE superstars participate in real fights." And they had like a tournament, and then I think yeah, the winner went on to fight. Butterbean. Butterbean and Bart Gunn made his way, and I remember Bart Gunn saying
1: he didn't Bart Gunn,
0: yep, he didn't want to do it, and he didn't like think he it was a good idea. He got starched really bad at WrestleMania bad. Uh, XV in uh, uh, 1999. Butterbean number two, what a legend! Um, he's the man. Number one in my list, one the Hispanic causing panic, Les
3: I knew you were gonna
0: say this one. How do you not <laughs> go number one with that one? Wand, the Hispanic causing panic, Les Cano. Ronnie, our resident Hispanic.
2: I love it. I mean, the, the Hispanic causing panic, that's, I've I'm never wild. heard of it, but, like, that's amazing.
0: This guy was actually good. Uh, he he 30, was good. He was 37 good. 37-5 record. He fought Ricky Hatton fought for a world title, had some other bangers uh, along uh, his career. Uh, he's number one on my list. Uh, honorable mention: Evander, real deal, Holyfield, because Good that's one. like a term now. Like, oh, that's real. Oh, he's real than real deal, Holyfield. Like, that's one of the best nicknames uh, of all time. But I went a different route here. Uh, Michael Nunn, the Bayonne bleeder, lights out, Tony Butterbean, and the Hispanic causing panic. Chris, your
1: list. Th- this is amazing because none of our none of our nicknames will will cross paths like it's I have good. an entirely different list which is a very good thing that has not happened yet. Uh number 5 I got Kevin Kelly the Flushing Flash Welcome. who one of the one of the the first lightweight like super lightweight guys that actually made prominence in the world scene that people actually tuned in. Mm-hmm. Um Kevin could really punch. He was super fast. He had that style where he just he rolled those those hands. He fought with his hand down. So that flushing flash just made so much sense. Also I'm from Long Island, New York, and the Queens flushing. It all made sense. I just I, I always love Exactly
0: that like um Jamel Herring.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say exactly but they
0: posted a picture together like, oh my long lost twin.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I could see it. Uh, uh Jamel's got at least five to ten inches on him in height but yeah yeah um next another amazing lighter weight fighter mark two sharp johnson that's a good who was so good listen viewers listeners wherever you're doing if you don't know who mark two sharp johnson is go and google him go watch his fight i mean absolutely incredible technique speed power knockout punch uh toughness chin all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. The guy had everything, and the nickname "Too Sharp" was perfect because he was just that goddamn good. He was pound for pound on list for a, such a long yeah. time. You remember that Dan, like he, yeah, Too he Sharp. Was, he was a pound for pound for a while, like legitimately number one.
0: Yeah, he was good. And no
1: one knew who he was. uh Number three, an all-time favorite of mine, one of the first fighters I ever heard about ever from my grandfather, is Alexis Arguello. El Flaco Explosivo, which is the explosive thin man. I mean, <laughs> whoo, what a name, right? It, it's a mouthful for sure. It's a long nickname, but it was it was so indicative of him and his style. He was very, very tall for his weight class. I think he fought a, he was five foot eight. He was a 126 pounder, super long arms. I, but I mean, he had knockout power with both hands, was super technical. One of my favorite fighters of all time, technically to actually watch and study. Uh, I mean, Alexis Arguello, absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal champion, um, inside and outside and such a cool nickname next Mike, the body snatcher oh. McCallum, dude, that name, the body that doesn't, if that doesn't strike fear in your heart, you got to fight a guy called the body snatcher. And it was true. Yeah. Jamaican fighter, super tall, super long, super strong. And he was just a killer body puncher. He wanted to rip you up. Um, I got a really good story about Mike. So I moved to Las Vegas in 2010 to escape New York. Chris Algeria escapes New York. I think it was a movie back in the (laughs) 90s. So I go to to Las Vegas to get real sparring because New York, listen, a lot of great fighters. Very difficult for me to come to Long Island, to Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. to spar three times a week. It just wasn't really plausible. So I said, hell, I'll just move and just live where I can actually walk to gyms and do whatever. So I went to Las Vegas and I bounced around every single gym, trying to get sparring. And I went to Johnny Tokos and very, very famous gym in Las Vegas. And I go in the gym, my trainer and I walk in there and we're like, Oh, we're here for sparring. They think my trainer wants to spar because my trainer was actually in really good shape at the time. The, the, the late, great uh, Tim Lane, rest in peace, Tim. Yep. So we're in the gym. He's in great shape. They're like, yeah, you want sparring? How much do you weigh? And, and, My trainer's like, no, 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 not for me. It's for my fighter. Where's your fighter? I'm, I'm in the corner. I'm well known for wearing long tights and spandex. And I've been doing this since the two thousands. And they go, that guy, the guy put on the tights. And my trainer goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got smart for him. Come in the back. Okay. Go in the back. Take me around the corner. Anyone who knows the, the layout of Johnny Tocos knows exactly what I'm talking about. Take me into the back ring, which is the smallest ring they have there. Ooh. And obviously I'm tall, long, I'm a boxer, whatever. They throw me in with an undefeated Mexican fighter and we go at it. I mean, balls to the wall. We're just really, really going for it. I get the better of the guy, especially towards the later rounds. And I'm a good potty buncher. I always have been, even for a tall, long guy. Um, so I get out of the ring. I'm taking off all my gear. And is this hulking man is walking towards me. And I look at him and I look down, and I look up and I look down, I look up and I go, it looks like Mike McCallum oh, and he comes up and he goes, Hey, you're, you're a good boxer. And I go, uh, I'm like stuttering. And I'm like, yeah. I, I can't say his name. And I go the body snatcher. And he goes, <laughs> Hey, you know who I, He goes, you know who I am? And I go, Yes, of course. You're, you're Mike McCallum. You're, you're, you're a hall of famer. You're a multiple division world champion. I go, you're a bad man. And I shake his, his hand, which is his hand is it's like, a mitt. like literally his finger was in the middle of my forearm. And I go, you're, you're a bad man. He goes, ah, I used to be a bad man. He goes, you're a bad man now. Cause he saw me spar. That amazing. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the best thing that's ever going to happen to me <laughs> in, in boxing. And your first day in sparring. Hoping- First day sparring in Las Vegas at Johnny Toko's, yeah. The body
0: snatcher. And he he is known as, like, that's right. He is known as, like, the body guy, even to this day. Like, I know Devin Haney uh, is a fighter that will go find other trainers. He'll go out and seek uh, opinions and go to different gyms. And he was working with Mike McCallum because he is known as the best body puncher. I mean, it's the body snatcher, for, for goodness sakes. That is an amazing story, man. That is so cool.
1: I mean, I just felt like I was walking through it with you. That's sick. And that's still my number two, my number one, Roberto Duran, the hands mm. of stone, because is there anything, if you ever watched Roberto Duran in any of his fights, what else are you thinking about except for those thudding shots, everything he did, because he was such a good inside fighter. So if you're thinking about a guy whose hands are hard, and even on the inside, he's covering up, bang, he's hitting you with these little shots, and they're jarring guys all the way to their shoes. You, you see him hit a guy on the inside, and then they're wobbling, he was the hands of stone. So Manos de Piedra, Roberto Duran, best nickname of all
0: time. I mean, yeah, Roberto Duran is such a legend. And when he shows up at fights still, there's like a, a whole different pop for him, a whole different air about him. Um, I saw him at Fury Wilder, too. And a lot of fighters show up to these fights, big fight. And you go, oh, wow, that's, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so. That's Ben Holyfield. That's Mike Tyson. It's Lennox Lewis. It's uh, Roy Jones. That's blah, blah, blah. There's like an air around roberto duran uh it's legend uh, he, legend he's a king, he's king. Of, yeah he is a king hands of stone like they don't make nicknames like this anymore all these he's got a, all he's these got nicknames? a finger like
1: mine by the way have you seen have you seen have you seen his finger he's got <laughs> no. one like mine
0: no i haven't look seen it up that.
1: roberto duran has a finger like mine he, he holds it up and it's like it's always sticking out
0: <laughs> your pinky's on twitter again I, I posted it
1: yeah it's it's uh the trick of pinky's been around for a while but you notice that uh, all these nicknames
0: or old, I mean, not old, but like you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. There, there aren't that many good
1: nicknames anymore. It's a problem. I think I, I don't know. I was thinking about that too. Um, I think there are. We just don't really think about them. Like honestly, like even like Devin Haney, the Dream. I love that. That's name pretty good. That's the Gypsy cool.
0: King, Tyson Gypsy take King Over. is great. Would you say?
1: Takeover, yeah, Tank is Tank good. is a good one. But Tank is like active. that's like his childhood name. You know, like that's 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 what he is. But yeah, yeah no, you're right. That. That's a good name.
0: Fighting Collegian.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not really a great one, but <laughs> yeah, but Michael bam. Buffer,
0: ge- bam, 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 Rodriguez. But Michael Buffer gave you the fighting collision, right?
1: Which makes it a good one, otherwise, it wouldn't be that good. But yes, it's 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 a great one now. That's our list.
0: Um, we'll post it on on Twitter and get some interaction. So, the, the hipster, the boxing hipsters, there's so many of them. You could be like, How did you leave off? Blah 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 this, this, that, and the other, you know,
1: the guys that fought, fought on freaking Friday night fights in like 1994. <laughs> Uh Angel Man Freddy, like he was El Diablo. That was a good one. Yeah. Um honor, I had two honorable mentions that I wrote down. Uh Donovan Razor Ruddick, who I watched hmm. his first fight with with Mike Tyson tonight, right before this, this, this cast. Um, uh, I thought that was really cool, especially the way he fought. He was super sharp for a big, strong athletic guy. I was a I really liked the way he fought. And then Ike Bazooka cortez yes. who had one of the best jabs that you will If dude. If hey, yeah, young fighters at home, go watch Ike Cortez. Watch the way he threw a jab. It was like a right hand. Technically perfect. He turned it over. It was hard. It was accurate. He was very busy with it. I'm sure Copybox Dan can, can agree yeah. with me on that. Um, I Bazooka was a phenomenal, phenomenal welterweight in the 90s. Toro Thundergati, James Bone Crusher Smith,
0: uh, Oliver the Atomic Bull, McCall, Motor City Cobra,
1: Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Jeez. Dude, he was so close to being on my list because he had yeah. two of them. He had the Motor City Cobra and his Hitman. The Motor they City both- Cobra is such a badass name. That's a badass name. And the Hitman. Oh, I forgot. Like, how do you have two great nicknames? These guys. Two great nicknames. One. I forgot my man Clarence Bones Adams. That's Bones.
3: Bones.
0: Bones
1: with a Z. Uh,
0: Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Andrew Sixhead Lewis. Uh, Sweet Pea Whitaker. Uh, Dar- uh Touch of Sleep. Williams. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's Sims. a good one. The body snatcher of a we went through, the merciless Ray Mercer. There's so many good ones. Owen, what the heck, Beck? Uh, the Tasmanian Devil. There's, there's so Did many. Did Muhammad Ali
2: give him, coin the term the goat? The greatest. The greatest.
1: The greatest. The greatest.
0: Okay. Which is yeah, so perfect yeah. for him. The greatest. Yeah. You're the, he's the greatest. Yeah. The goat. And then the goat
1: came from him, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yes.
0: Legend. What, Ronnie, what would your nickname be?
2: Would my nickname be in a boxing okay. match?
0: Put you on the spot
2: right here. Uh, slick oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. ronnie that's Good. slick
1: jurez first yeah Jerez, Jerez, diamante durez all right that's uh, funny let's... that was almost that was almost my nickname growing up when i was a kid was slick slick it's a good I one refuse oh. to, I, I refuse to take it
0: it's like what every grandpa or any older guy like, hey slick how you doing slick i can see you as a slick, skinny Bruce. guy I can see you as, as a slick. All right, let's get to our guest this week. Uh, he is Sebastian Fundora. He's got a fight October 8th on Showtime against Carlos Ocampo. Really enjoyed this interview uh, with Sebastian. Um, he's a soft-spoken guy. He is very feared in- inside that ring. He is more than just a freak athlete or a freak to look at at six foot uh, 154 pounds. He actually can fight. I think you'll enjoy this interview. Here it is. All right, everybody, Sebastian Fondora is here. He is a 154-pound stud uh, on his on the doorstep of a world title. First of all, uh, Sebastian, thank you so much for taking time uh, to join us here at John Boy Media Boxing. Uh,
3: how are you? Great, great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be on it.
0: Um, let's talk about your fight. Uh, big fight, October 8th on regular Showtime. Love that. A lot of pay-per-views out there. and. Fans will be able to watch you on regular showtime. Carlos Ocampo, very good fighter. Uh obviously a lot of fans would know him for his fight with Errol Spence, but since that fight, he has reeled off uh consecutive wins. He hasn't lost since that fight. Big uh stay busy fight for you, but also a, a dangerous
3: one as well. Yes. Um, I think those are fights that help us grow. You know, um, it's good to have another uh ranked fighter in our um in our uh, what's it called um the resume um, yeah and a resume there you go so um we've been fighting hard fights these past couple of fights these past like five fights it's all been tough fights so this is uh, no different we just want to keep the same schedule and and continue on you
0: say it's like a good learning fight do you uh some of that's like knocking on the door of being a world uh, champion um you're young but you're definitely experienced do you still like is there still things to learn in there
3: Oh, yeah, every day, every day with every fight. You know, uh, I feel like um, fighting this competition is going to help me grow up. because when I am champion, I'm going to have to be fighting this competition constantly. So that's, uh, it's just helping me get used to it beforehand.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, have you rewatched the
3: Lubin fight? Of course, multiple times. Multiple times.
0: What did you make of it? Um, I have watched a lot of fights. Uh, that was one of the most savage fights. I've ever seen you know it's on a list of top five for me where I'm like I walk away from it and I say wow this is what I do for a living i watch watched these men go to go to war and just you know just take everything so much punishment uh what did you the first time you rewatched it what was your initial reaction because that was a tough fight it
3: was a good fight good fight and it's exactly how I remember you know I felt like every round I was watching myself fight so while I was in the fight myself
0: was that um, you? You were hit. Hit the deck. Uh, that was that was a a testy moment for you. I, I read a, a quote from you saying that you took a knee, uh, because you just wanted to regroup yourself. You wanted to take that, that time. Uh, I'm not sure. But was that the first time you've been dropped in a fight?
3: Yes. Yes. That's right, uh so first time that. ever. Ever in sparring and everything. All that. Oh, that's God. the first time. But it's I took the knee. Uh, it's not like I haven't been cracked before. It's just mm-hmm. in the fight, it's different because any second they could stop the fight. So with that, I was like, you know what? I don't want to get hit with another punch like that. So I'm going to take a little breath. Uh, got to like five seconds and I was like, you know what? Okay, back to normal. Let's get back to work.
0: I feel like you and Lubin are going to be, you know, remembered together for a long time. I mean, when you have a fight like that, that's that memorable. Many people have it as their fight of the year this year. Um, do you feel like you have a connection to him? Have you spoken to him at all? Erickson, Uh, I
3: I saw him the day after. So, on the day after, uh, give a hug, gave each other hugs. We knew each other in amateurs. We were both born in Florida. So, um, it's just uh, the, 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 like, we were friends beforehand. We were friends after. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's business. You know, it's boxing. Everybody wants to to become a world champion, and, and that's the cost of it.
0: Yeah, you want to be a world champion. One last thing. You were on the, there was a picture of you on the phone after the fight. I actually <laughs> tweeted it out. Who were you talking to? I was
3: talking to um Mauricio, Mauricio Suleiman. President. Yeah, I was talking to yeah. I was talking to him. He called me. He congratulated me right away. Um, he invited me to um Martes de Café, the the Tuesday coffee thing they have in Mexico City, mm-hmm. and um he invited me to that. I told him my sister was fighting um a couple weeks later in Mexico City, so he said that was perfect time to to go and receive. They were going to give me my my intern belt. And um, the little bracelet I have. Oh, there you go. They gave me the bracelet as well. So <laughs> does that it fit around cool. your wrist? It, it does. My wrists aren't too big. I was going to say, you're, just, pretty, pretty yeah. skinny, so, yeah. you're a slim but, guy. Uh, yeah.
0: That's but, so uh, funny. That's, a lot of people thought it was uh, Al Heyman.
3: No, it wasn't Al Heyman. No. I, sometimes I don't even think he's real. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, He's uh, a very um, secluded man. So, But... I'm sure he's there. It's just yes. he's behind the scenes. He's definitely watching. I know. I met him yes. once. I
0: met him once at a Mayweather after Mayweather Cotto, uh, 2012. I was in Mayweather's locker room. This is before PBC was even a thing. This is five uh, three years before the PBC was even formed, and uh, I was like, damn, who is that guy? He's, he seems very important. There's a lot of people huddled around him. Oh, someone's like, oh, that's Al Heyman. You know, he he manages uh, Floyd. Uh, That was his only fight. I think he had Vernon Forrest before that. But I know he watches everything. I know he has a big stake in everything. I know that he has a very big stake in you uh, because you're very popular. You know, I think it started off as you had, like, a cult following because of your height. (laughs) And everyone was like, damn, this dude is six foot six and he's 154 pounds. But I think it's gone from, like, oh, wow, that's like a novelty to this guy is really, really good. And he is so tough. And he's going to be a world champion soon. Do you feel that shift, too? Uh, from fans being like, you know, more questions about your actual ability rather than, wow, he is so damn tall.
3: Yeah, definitely after the last fight, uh, I I got a lot more respect. But I still feel like I still have to prove myself. I'm gonna have to be proving myself. I feel like my whole career. You know, why is that? I don't know. I I I feel like people just think like I just came out of nowhere and like a, a Jake Paul and i'm not real youtube uh, i'm not a real boxer you know i'm just yeah. one of those youtubers especially because of my height you know I, I it's not fair or whatever but i've been in the sport my whole life you know i was recently watching some of my fights when i was little wow. uh, i've been competing since i was eight years old i've been in the brown sport since i was like six so that's mm-hmm. been my whole life this whole time
0: do you think it's because you're so like mild-mannered um you know i think that's part of your charm but do you think that's the reason why is too as well because you're not like you know you know calling people out you're not talking trash you're not showing up with you know jewelry and 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 doing interviews with sunglasses on you're, you're coming up and i'm like dude that guy could be like the it guy at my office so he'll <laughs> yeah. knock you out you think that's the <laughs> reason why maybe someone people maybe are like oh wait where did he come from
3: yeah i think so it's like like looks are deceiving you know uh <laughs> you see this guy but like the last the last um press conference where i wore a collared shirt in, yeah. in in um khaki pants And people, that's how we dress. I want to look sharp, you know. I I I still look like a uh, was a substitute teacher that some (laughs) some someone said. So, but I think it might have been me that tweeted that. I'm sorry, bro. (laughs) Yeah, someone else one of you guys. And um, yeah, but but I I want to bring this sport back into like a, a gentleman's sport. You know, we want to look sharp. We want to look presentable. We don't have to be wearing the latest. Yeah, uh, clothes that cost like five thousand. I don't need to be wearing Yeezys to look like a badass. <laughs>
0: you,
3: know? you want to be sharp, you want to be the um, someone you can look up to. You I, know? I
0: agree, I agree. There's room for all of that in the sport. There's room yes. for those that want to wear Yeezys, There's of course. I'm not
3: down, they're cool, they look cool, exactly. but exactly. but. There's other routes, too.
0: There's, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. There's room There's room for a little bit of everything in this sport. That's why it makes it so beautiful. Um, and I think fans are definitely starting to take notice. When you go to fights, do you feel like you're getting people starting to ask for more selfies with you?
3: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, After that fight, it seems like everywhere I go, especially with, with uh, boxing events, mm-hmm. I get bombarded with fans. And I don't have a problem with that. I'll take a picture with all of them. You know, it's yeah. not a problem with me. That's so cool. That's uh, That's probably the...
0: Probably one of the more rewarding things. Like you got you put in so much hard work. You got a damn gym in your backyard, which we'll get to, and you know you sacrifice so much. So you could go out into a setting and people want to be like, "Oh, I want to take a picture with you want an autograph. I want to just talk to you." That you know that's got to feel rewarding after you know it's just like
3: some reinforcement, right? Definitely, definitely. Def- I'm proud of that. So uh, whatever chance I can take, because you know maybe this ends tomorrow, uh, I'm just gonna embrace it all while I can.
0: That's the crazy thing about boxing where mm-hmm. you know it's different than any other sport like an nba you have a bad game you come back the next night or you're signed to a five-year deal or whatever boxing i mean one night i mean who knows if erickson lubin will ever get back to that level or ever be the same who knows like that's the that's the one thing about boxing i always say if you don't play boxing it, your your yeah. whole career can change in one night
3: your whole career your life can change in one night so it's a uh... It's a scary sport, but we all love it. We're all crazy for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love the damn sport. I mean, this is what I do for a living. I, I love talking about it. I love watching guys like you fight who lay it all on the line. Um, let's talk about how you want to become a world champion. I mean, that, that's that's the one thing I know that's your singular focus. Um, Jamel Charlo is the champion at the weight class that you were in at 154. He's fighting Tim Zoo, but the caveat is that they're fighting in January of 2023, which is very interesting because that's a long ways Away, so you figure that these guys fight twice a year now. So if you add six or seven months onto January, if I'm math is correct, that's sometime in, in the summer. I know that you won uh, the fight with Lubin makes you, uh, you know, a mandatory uh, for Charlo. That's a long time between now and, and next summer. I know you want to stay active. Have you, you know, mapped that out? I'm sure you have about getting that title shot and what's the 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 time in between going to look like.
3: Well, if if we don't get that fight after Sue. We'll just continue busy. This is a uh, uh, this is a tough fight, but we want to stay busy. So we're going to just keep fighting these guys, those top 10 guys. If we can get any of those top 10 guys, um, we'll, we'll just keep fighting them until we get the title shot ourselves.
0: Do you think that – would you take a risk? Would you take a risk of, um, you know, something similar to what uh, Joe Joyce is doing this weekend where – you know, he's the, he has a really good spot in the WBO. Like he doesn't have to fight um, Parker. Parker. He doesn't have to fight Parker. He can probably sit back and wait to see how it plays out uh, with the top guys in, in that title. But if something comes along where it's a risky fight, uh, just so you can continue to, to make that climate, continue to learn, like you talked about, would you take that? Of course.
3: Of course. Of course. I'm here to fight. <laughs> you know, we fight to get paid. So if I'm not fighting, I'm not going to get paid, too. So <laughs> that's the business side of boxing. Yeah. But I want to stay busy. That's our style, to stay busy. It feels up to me. I wish I could have fought three times this year. But these, as these fights get harder, um, I guess I do need a little bit more break. But I'm still going to continue and 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 fight these hard fights. Yeah, I would think some time off after the Lubin
0: fight would be would be wise. That was in April, yeah, or yeah. May, June, July, or September. we got a nice, solid six months. That's good. Um, you know, like there's like a Brian Castanio, he uh, I'm looking at the ring ratings right now. Uh, Tim Zhu is number is, two, I think, right? Yeah, he's in the top three yeah. with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Harrison has a win. Yeah. Um, Liam Smith has been looking good. Danny Garcia is at 154. I mean, these are all fights that like they would obviously – uh, you they wouldn't really help your spot in terms of getting that next shot at Jermell Charlo. But there are big fights that you like you said can get paid. So would you take a fight with like Castaño or Harrison or Danny
3: Garcia? Of course, of course. Those are the next best. Those are the next next best things. Yeah. So if I can't if if I can't have that fight next with Charlo after Tim Tzu, then the the the, Castaño, the Garcia, the Harrison. Those are the big fights that that would have to make. Do you think they would want to fight you though? That's the thing. I'm um, not them. You know, I can't speak for them, but uh, I would hope so. I'm trying to I try to get you
0: to say something there. You you're too much <laughs> you're too much of a nice guy. You're not going to you're not going to do that. Uh would you no. consider going up in weight if if you're like realize that, you know, maybe Jermell Charlo fights in January, then who knows what he does after that. He's talked about, you know, maybe going up uh, you know, there's talks about some of the guys at 47 moving up. Have you considered Maybe uh, 160, consider that 160 right now is a barren wasteland.
3: Um, as of right now, uh, I'm not really thinking of moving up to 160. I want to at least win one title at 54. You know, I've been campaigning there my whole career, so uh, I would definitely like to get a title in that weight class, but maybe after. Do you think you are the most feared boxer in the game? Um, I don't think so. I still, uh, I still think um, people think. Oh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty like. I feel like I have a target on my back. I think everybody still thinks they could beat me. Bring it on. I want that. You know, I have the little chip on my shoulder, but I feel like I always have to prove myself too. Bring it on. You know, love that. Um, the Mary.
0: Right. Let's get to some fan questions. I tweeted out that you were joining the show, and I got flooded with some good <laughs> ones. Kesa de la Monte wants to know how high of a weight class do you think you'd get by the end of your career? You're so young. It wouldn't be crazy.
3: uh, You could fill out every division from 154 to heavyweight. Who knows? Who knows? Right now, I'm still comfortable at this weight. I still walk around this weight. But, you know, maybe next year before I even get that title shot, who knows? Maybe I'll be fighting at 168. You know, with our body, everybody knows that, that we can fill up to that. So who who even knows? Imagine Sebastian Fundora, the heavyweight. I mean, it's not that crazy to think of. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not even that crazy. So, I, I can't imagine it. It's just I have to take a lot of protein. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your daily intake? I think I've asked you this before. What's your daily intake? Like, I think we I've interviewed you once before, and you said you kind of walk around at like around one fifty 150 to one fifty four. Is that still the case? Yeah, probably now
3: one yeah one sixty now a little bit heavier, uh, but it's not nothing crazy. Yeah.
0: Do you think you could ever put on like? to get to heavyweight i mean this is such a crazy thing that you think of but like uh, could you think you could put that on but that's like something you have every fighter has a dream but you ever dream of one day being a heavyweight
3: i would love to i would love to those guys get those guys get all the attention right there so you know that would be great and i have the height to do it i have the reach to do it you know hopefully with that extra weight i could get that power too but um Oh, I watched those guys like Deontay Wilder. And I was like, if I had a punch like that. So maybe if I put on the extra pounds, you know, that that'll be great.
0: Yeah, you. Could I think really... I have to
3: cut out running, though. I What'd would have say? to cut out running because I'm constantly sweating, you know. That's we'll probably keep the weight on yeah. without the running or I don't know how I would have to train because I sweat it out like crazy, especially this summer. I swear, like, after each session, I would lose, like, five, six pounds.
0: Oh. Maybe you got to move out of the Coachella Valley, man.
3: Maybe I have to maybe go do a camp in Alaska. Okay. <laughs> do a
0: yeah. camp in Alaska with nothing but cheeseburgers.
3: Yeah, you there you go. come out of there
0: and you are 215 pounds and you're challenging. Uh, Who's the young guy top rank? Jared Anderson. In yeah, there, there you <laughs> go. <right? laughs> Jared Anderson, Sebastian a heavyweight title. It's the new Fury Wilder. I mean, boom, <laughs> let's go. There you go, right? <laughs> I'm going to rewind this interview in five years and I'm going to be like Nostradamus. I'm going to be predicting the future. That's wild to think because Roy Jones, I think is the only fighter uh, to win a title at middleweight to heavyweight. You can yes. beat Roy Jones. If you go 154, 160 one, more, 160. one more weight class. No. <laughs> yeah. You could potentially do that. I mean, the sky's the limit uh, yep. for a fighter like you with, with, with those dimensions. Right, let's move on to our, our next uh, question. I think I don't have the name here, but, uh who did you watch growing up and who did you tailor your style after?
3: Um, we watched a lot of uh, heavy hitters. I like uh, Marquez. I remember watching Marquez, especially with those Pacquiao fights. Those were good fights. Um Oscar de La Hoya. I remember seeing his last fight. That's the last time I uh well, I mean that's the last time for everybody to see that seen him when he fought Pacquiao. Um, a lot of Pacquiao, a lot of Mayweather. You know, we always idolized Mayweather. I remember growing up, everybody, was like, ah, Mayweather's a runner. I'm like, yeah Mayweather, he beat your guy, he beat all your exactly. guys. So, yeah, so that was that was pretty good. Um, Canelo too, but Canelo was like already, you know. Um, I felt like I was returning pro at that time, or I was already competing more at the elite level when Canelo was already becoming that pound for pound king. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like uh. Growing up, we watched, I remember watching all the like, like Daikons, like, like the Mayweathers and the right. Pep Cows and stuff like that. I don't really remember more of the, I remember watching like Koto and all that stuff like that, yeah. but, um, I feel like more, I watch a lot more boxing now. Like I have to, of course, this is part of my job. It's part of the right. homework, but more of like the, not the lower levels, but like, like say the BC fighters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I noticed that you didn't mention anyone with like the same dimensions as as, as yourself. Like, I,
3: you, well, the heavyweights. Yeah, really I mean, that's really, really it. I mean, like, yeah, the only one. Fighter. I, 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 I uh, and I only admire him because of his power. I mean, I think that's why everybody does. John T. Wilder. his power is like explosive, 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 explosive. Yeah, that's uh that that right hand. I just wish I had a hand like that. Well, I, you, I
0: mean, what are you saying? I, like, you have. I'm power. working
3: on it. I'm working on it. One day, I'll you. You guys will just see me box from the outside and knock people out with my left hand. But until until then, I, I'm maybe the inside games for me right now. <laughs> what do you mean? My... Like you have power. I, like you're saying you don't have power. I've seen you drop guys. I'm I'm, I'm talking about like that that oh that, that type power. of power. Like, I feel like you're a almost born with Power this. like Gennady power like yeah not past week in Gennady, but mm. you know what I mean like yeah. that destructive power. Better Betterive like that power. I want that power. But that's something you have to work for. But I think I can get it.
0: You said you like you maybe you you stay on the outside, but I mean, uh, on the inside, that's an interesting uh, route you take because obviously you have a a reach advantage, a significant reach advantage over every opponent you have. And I told you that we do the the box. like you do throw a jab, but you don't really land it consistently. You're you like trading on the inside. That kind of goes against everything that if you just looked at your your height and reach. Right. Why is that?
3: Um, just something I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with, I'm, I'm very comfortable with fighting on the inside, so mm-hmm. um, I had to get used to it. A lot of these guys like to fight on the inside, especially with a taller opponent. And um uh, instead of running away from it, I, I invited it and, and learned how to fight on the inside like that. Uh,
0: 2021 Chacon wants to know. My question for Sebastian is: Does he see himself fighting any of the PBC 147 pounders who will eventually move up? to 154 Errol Spence comes to mind
3: of course of course when they move up I'll definitely um introduce him to the weight class I have no problem with that you know those are t- tough tough fights um willing to learn from those fights and um again introduce them to it because those, those are big names as well and uh we can make some let's make some money <laughs> yeah seriously if you are you're in a good spot because if you can make the weight comfortably
0: like as you said you can um, guys like Earl Spence, I've talked about going to one fifty four. Um, guys like Terrence Crawford going up to one fifty four. Whoever wins that fight, I feel like after that fight is over, if it happens, I've been told it's going to happen, they're going to move to to one fifty four. And and if you're going to wait for Charlo to figure out what's going on with Zoo, uh, you can win a title, and then all of a sudden you're fighting, you know, an Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford, uh, if they want to win a title there, that's a really good spot for you, no?
3: Definitely, definitely, those are uh, pound for pound fighters right there, so. Oh, if yeah. I can get a win on one of those guys, put me on the list.
0: <laughs> All right. Mr. Ed wants to know, who gave you the name Tiring Inferno?
3: My promoter, Samson. Samson. Uh, they told me it's a movie, Tiring Inferno. It's an old movie from the 70s. They always suggested to me. They always tell me it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I always <laughs> tell them will watch it, but I'm not going to watch it. I don't really have no interest in that, something like that. It's a good name, though. That's really good name. It is a very good name. It's a very good name. At first, I didn't really like it either. But I feel like it was more mocking me. But eh, I get older and you start realize things a little bit more. Like, yeah, I guess it makes sense for my style. Yeah. Uh, um, inside game, a lot of punches, uh, the fire that makes, and yeah. then the, obviously the height with the towering. So.
0: Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. It's like when I showed some pictures of uh my the kids at the office where I work, they're like, oh, who are you interviewing? And I showed Sebastian Fundora, and they're like, oh my god, like oh my, look at the, he like the pictures look fake when you're fighting these smaller of opponents, but. I yeah. wouldn't say it's it's not mocking you. It's like, hey, listen, if you're gonna garner attention, it's hard to garner attention in the sport of boxing. I mean, it's not a league. You have to promote yourself. So if people are gonna be like, oh, I want to tune in to see, you know, it's very, you know, it's unusual having a, a guy six seven who can fight at one fifty four. I mean, I, I take it right. I take any any eyeballs you can get yeah. on you, but once yeah. they watch, they can say, oh, damn, this guy can fight. So yeah. it's <laughs> like, it, I think
3: it works in your favor. And then, yeah, and as I, as I get older, I start to realize these things, and and the business part of boxing, well, you have to sell yourself. Yeah. Um, those stuff start to make more sense to me, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, maybe this wasn't a bad thing after all. It's uh not negative. It's a positive thing. Yeah.
0: How old are you now? Twenty four. Damn, man. I'm. We're putting together Chris Algeri's, my new co-host for the podcast, and uh, nice. yeah, he's great. And um, we're putting together a top under 25 and i was convinced that you were over 25 years old <laughs> so you i mean you might be on my list now i mean it's you like, right, you know right like on. boots yeah you're right on the cusp you boots anis shakur stevenson um jared anderson probably uh, th- i think female is 25 now so he-, he won't be able to make the list but damn i didn't realize that you were under 25 that's wild because you have a lot of fights and you've made a lot of ground uh in those years uh renee young box wants to know you seem like a very level-headed person who raised you with such well-mannered fashion of carrying yourself
3: my mother and my father of course um they always show me to to respect people and, and and with discipline and all that stuff and it's just uh just how i was raised you know all my siblings are the same way you know we, we show respect to everybody yeah and you have a big family
0: I know you your sister now will be fighting on October eighth as well uh, yes. that's amazing uh, I know you have a big family right
3: yes big family Six. Uh, in total there's
0: uh six kids wow how many yeah. of them fight besides you and, and Gabriella
3: um well my older my older brother fought and then my 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 younger brother fought he's uh in my younger brother's in the military now so that's why he got out of boxing wow and then my older brother just he came he Became 12 and 0 and professionals, but he felt like he was moving too slow, so he wanted to try something else, you know. Wow.
0: And your sister, how proud of you of your sister. I think it's awesome that she's uh, now getting uh, more recognition, fighting on your cards. That's got to be something for the family, your parents, uh, to come to the arena and see you and, uh, you know, their son and their daughter fight on the same
3: card. I'm, I'm very excited that now they're um, – a, a platform like Showtime is going to showcase her her talent hopefully next time she gets the tv but you know um i'm just happy i'm proud that, that 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 she gets that position now you know
0: yeah it's great women's boxing is on the rise i mean yes like it is 15th we're gonna see amazing doubleheader with Michaela Mayer, Bumgarner, garner shields um savannah marshall we saw katie taylor and serrano did this year it's like what, if, if you're a boxing promoter and you have to it's not like a choice anymore like there should be yeah. two at least two women's fights on every fight card
3: yeah yeah and i don't see why not they're exciting and they're the
0: best they're fighting the best so why not 100 percent, man 100 percent agree can you quickly tell us about the i love the backyard setup that you have your dad built <laughs> a ring in the backyard uh for you so you can spar easy sparring not gotta drive to the gym and then on top of it took it to the next level there's housing for sparring partners can you please explain this this uh setup
3: well um I think we were just talking about that earlier, too. Um, my, when my parents bought the house, they saw the big backyard. So they had the idea of putting the ring in the backyard. So we we were training in a local gym right here in Coachella. And we're like, you know what? We don't really want to deal with anybody no more. We just want to do our own thing. So that's what we did. We, bought the, we got the ring. We put the ring there. We set up some bags. We have like six, seven bags out there, too. Um, we have all our stuff. We have like our sled. We, have, we even have a rope. We climb up the rope. We do stuff like that. Um, we have the whole gym set up. And then we built a casita, uh, two bedroom house, two yeah, two bedroom house has a kitchen, has bathroom, has everything, everything. And it was built by all of us, the family, the family and a couple other boxers. So wow. You asked me to build your house, I can build your house. <laughs> <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've heard in a long time. So
0: not only your dad have the your parents have the foresight to let's build a gym in the backyard that could cover so many of the costs of working out at a gym. We'll take it to the next level and build a house for the sparring partners. So you beat them up all day and then you put them in a nice house.
3: (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. You see it all the time, and a lot of them come and go. So. You see their face, there. they come in all happy, like, oh, it's going to be a great time. And then after sparring, they're like, hey, hey, hey come eat dinner with us. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to stay well, good. I'm going. I'm going to go back to the, the sparring house and lick my bones yeah. after
0: getting beat up by Sebastian Fundor. Unbelievable. <laughs> Last fan question. I think you'll enjoy this one. Nadeem Hamed, who is a legendary Twitter account. Have you ever done a backflip? And if so, did you kick
3: an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't do a backflip. I think. I don't think I'm too tall. I seen Joe Joyce. Um, yeah. He did some like little cartwheel thing, and uh, I I i seen Joe Joyce in Big Bear. He's a big guy, way way bigger than me.
0: Yeah. And
3: uh, maybe one day. I had a dream that I did a backflip and I felt my face. I was like, ah, maybe not. But we don't want you getting hurt before your your world title. <laughs> no, shot. I don't want to get myself hurt now in front no. of the camera. No, I, no, I've no. been mentioning to Showtime that we've been doing karaoke with the family. Oh my so god. So now they're like messing with me, like, like, hey, we're just going to throw the mic at you. You're going to start singing after your fight. like, ah, don't do that, well, man. Tyson you Fury wanna... does it. I know Tyson Fury, but he probably practices and We don't practice it. I know for a fact my voice is bad, so, well, you know, don't put me in a situation you want to see Sebastian fondora in an awkward situation. Uh, I mean, be my guest, but I don't think you really want to do that. Well, I feel like karaoke <laughs> is practice, so maybe you can, like, sing yourself into the ring. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, um... Instead of bringing out like a rapper or a singer, yeah. I'll, I'll start singing for my. They'll be the first, definitely.
0: Well, if that's the case, if your family's doing karaoke and you have this house with the ring, uh, sparring partners, we have to get you a title shot so we can get all access. Showtime, all access would be <laughs> yeah lit at the Fundora house.
3: <laughs> yeah, party after after the fight, the after parties at my house. <laughs> that's amazing,
0: Sebastian Fundora. You're the best. Keep up the great work. Uh, October eighth. One of the best better months in boxing is coming up and you'll be fighting Carlos Ocampo uh, on Showtime. Hope you get that title shot soon. You remain a, a cult favorite on in the Twitter world. So I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for a great interview. Thank you for having me. Special thanks to our boy, Sebastian Fundora. Check him out. Uh, October 8th on Showtime. There's no big fights this weekend. Uh it's very rare that happens. Uh I think there I, I gotta check the schedule. Um there I think John Gotti the third. The yeah. John Gotti Third is fighting on a star in my hometown. Time. Yeah, I actually called all 12 of his uh MMA fights, amateur MMA fights for he fought for my Excellent. brother's promotion. Great kid, really hard worker. Yep. Um you know, just he's not just like some novelty. Oh, it's John Gotti's grandson. He's he was a good MMA no, fighter. Got- I don't know what he he's can do with boxing. So he's fighting this weekend over on Star Boxing. You go check that out.
1: He, he um, trains with two of my really good friends, Derek Panza, over at Derek Panza yep, MMA in Long is, Island. And yep. also uh strength coach uh Dr. Michael Camp, who was my mm-hmm. strength coach for many, many years and a very good friend of mine. So I've known I've known Derek since I was literally a child, his yeah. coach, Derek Panza. Um, uh, but yeah, no, no, uh, God, he can fight, man. He's yeah. he's he's not just a name. He can actually fight.
0: I'm interested to see how he looks in the, in the ring. He got heavy hands. I've seen him knock out a lot of guys with the smaller smaller gloves. Um, and I think Jarrell Miller uh, is in action this weekend. Finally, You're, are you still tight with him?
1: Yeah, big baby. That's my dude. I've known I've known him since my since my kickboxing days. We're literally going back. Shoot, 20 years, literally 20 years. I've known I've known Jarrell.
0: He's fun. Uh, he's back in action this weekend too, but there are no like none of the main networks are, are putting on boxing. Uh, so if you have a significant other, you want to just go do something this weekend, and there's no boxing. So in, in, enjoy that because the next few weeks are going to be absolutely wild. All right, Ronnie, well, the it's love fine. of my
1: life, the love of my life is boxing. So I'm just going to stare at the wall for the rest of the weekend.
0: So, the, oh, okay. I thought you said the love of your life, You're like, your girlfriend's a boxer. No, the love of your life
1: is boxing. Is You're boxing. married right, to the somebody. game. Yes, I mean, do you guys see do you see the background? Like this is yes. what I this is where I'm going to hang out all weekend just there.
0: I'm headed up state to a, a wedding, uh so I don't have to miss out on any boxing or be watching on my phone like I was this past weekend my girlfriend I'm watching Joyce Parker on my phone, watching Serrano, parlays. Oh, they, the girlfriends they
1: love that. They love when you do that. That's they, really They actually
0: yeah. love when you watch sports on your phone um when you're at the dinner while you're, you're your, doing things with them? Yeah. While you're at the dinner with their friends. Oh, he doesn't yeah. usually do this. He doesn't usually do this. I'm like,
1: oh, I need this parlay. <laughs>
2: anyway,
0: all right, <laughs> let's get to the casual corner, how we end every show here. Ronnie Jerez, our local casual. Hold on, let me get my sunglasses. Hold on, one second.
2: Let's get casual, guys.
1: For you guys at home who don't understand, every time we do casual corner, the shades go on. These are the hater blockers. So, It's yep. time to get Ronnie, casual. It's time for... Town ronnie's casual corner where he
2: introduces one
0: casual topic and we discuss it
2: i'll make this quick before i lose any more brain cells from this fever so this man Shakur Stevenson didn't make weight and relinquished was it one or two titles two two is this a common thing because dan when you told me this in the office i was like this should be like like devastating for him is this a is there any strategic value to this is this common what does this mean like Go, go into depth, yeah. A it's not
0: bit. it's not too common. Um, uh, David Benavidez, a guy recently that has done this, he's a 168. Um, usually bigger guys that, that can't make the weight anymore. And when you say like 1.6 pounds, like to the layman out there, that's like, oh, that's not too bad, but you have to like casual, yeah. not the layman,
1: the cage, the casual,
0: right? The casual. That's that's not a lot of weight, it's a tremendous amount. Most guys are tremendous four up. over. Chris, you could speak better to this. Most guys are 0. 0.4 over. And they have an hour to to come back and and try to make the weight, but I, I wouldn't say it happens too often, especially a guy that's like considered elite, like Shakur Stevenson. <clears throat> Chris, you know all about making weight. You know you stepped on that scale before. It's not too common, but maybe you could speak on how how crazy it is to maybe have to make the weight uh, if you kept step on the scale and you're like point three or point four over what that hour is or two hours is like.
1: Yeah. So, um, Ronnie, it's it's not it's not normal it's not something that happens very often okay um it, it, it is a big deal you're gonna have to pay you're gonna pay the commission a percentage of your purse Ooh. is gonna go to the commission a percentage of your purse is gonna to go to the fighter themselves your opponent Isn't that crazy uh, or, right? and that's they don't insane. have to they don't have to take the fight right, that's so, one that's a very important thing right. that we didn't talk about go ahead dan can no, say, it, say he, it. sal could have walked away that night not fought walked away from the weigh-in got paid his full purse Walked away, got paid his full purse, didn't have to
2: fight. Well, why did he fight? <laughs> I, I sure he, he, top
1: rank and
0: ESPN will probably give him a little side cash and was like, we need this show to go on. Yeah. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't don't give away the secrets. It's <laughs> always <laughs> so money. Money's the fixer of everything. Don't give away the secrets. Everybody's like, oh, you made this much money in a fight? I'm like, that's what was in the paper. But yeah, yeah sure. Whatever you think it was. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There so was more. And- there's, there's always things anyway. So, um, yeah, so he's going to have to pay the commission. He's going to pay the fighter. Um, can say so could have walked away that night. Can say thought he was going to be a world champion that night. He thought he was going to beat uh Shakur the next night, decided to take the fight. I tip my hat to him. Oh, good for you, man. I, I, I love that. Um, he obviously didn't, didn't get the job done, but no, whatever. He got paid. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not a common thing. It does happen. Um, Floyd Mayweather didn't make weight once. Do you remember that, What's Dan? That, which What fight was that? Did not make weight once, and then I think he was—he was not far off at all. It was less than a pound, and he just said, "I'm—I'm oh, not, I'm not gonna—I'm not doing that. I'll pay that? whatever." I might have been Marquez. Yeah, that was at a catch weight. Yeah. At that point, at that it was it's
0: not title on the line, I think that was his first or his last fight before he like his first retirement, mm-hmm. or maybe his first fight back from his first re- retirement. But that's wild, right, Ron? You got to pay. You pay the other guy that you come up with a a, a price and. You don't really to see it too often. What about Chris? Like, have you ever gone on the scale and you're like point three or four over and you had to go back and like, what do you do? A couple times.
1: Yeah. So, so my world title fight against Ruslan, um, everybody who stepped on the scale for the unofficial weigh in, but when we first got to the like, uh, seven out of like eight of us were all overweight, which is surprising to me. Um, cause the only guy who wasn't was Ruslan. <laughs> so we were all, we we're like, we we're all scrambling, like, oh, are we over? Like, and then Whatever. And I just literally, I, I, my cousin ran across the street, the old Navy, which we we're at the Barclays center. And there's an old Navy right across the street. And he bought me a bunch of hoodies and I put those on and I sat in the guts of the, the Barclays and I jumped rope and I shadow box and I chew gum. And I just broke a sweat. And then I stepped on the scale. Ooh, and I gum? Was, yeah. Chewing gum and spinning. Take a fat dump. Wow. Yeah. Old school stuff. Uh, made the way the Pacquiao fight. Same thing. I had a lot of trouble with the cross world traveling and the food that was available over there was really really tough it was very very salty um so i had a little a little bit of trouble pulling the last couple pounds and i stepped on and i was like 0.3 over and everyone was like oh my god and then i literally just went to the bathroom and i came back and i was like 0.4 under um and everyone was like, oh, <laughs> such a, like, what, they're like what'd you do and i'm like trust me you don't want to know something like big a point deal. 0.4 like, dump yeah I was, it wasn't a, guys it's not that well, i was like i was worried i was like i'm i'm like When's my math is so
0: bad I moved up a weight class. I'm
1: not really worried about... (laughs) This is not a big deal. I came back like almost... They gave me two hours, and I was back in like
0: Yeah, when you missed weight against uh, Pacquiao, I I went on Twitter. I wasn't even on Twitter. I said, Chris Algieri, very unprofessional.
1: Very unprofessional. Didn't make the way. Guy has the shot of a lifetime. For the first try. Yeah.
0: Shot of a lifetime against Pacquiao. He
1: comes in 0.4 over. This guy's... I think it was 0.3 or something like that. It was great. He better go in the bathroom and take a dump, come back out. I realized what it was. It was uh, the last cup of coffee I had, because the coffee in Macau was... Strong. really good oh no it was good it was just really good i was just like oh i'm like i'm like i'm like i'm under i'm so under i'm good let me just have another cup of coffee and like i had an extra wow. cup and i was like 0.3 over and i was like fucking coffee got me and then literally everyone's like freaking out i'm like i'm just i'll be right back just i don't know, i don't know. <laughs> i miss, never miss weight prior to that and i was like don't worry I'm well coffee right helps
0: back. you go to the bathroom so it worked out
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I literally, I didn't have to sweat at all. It wasn't like I had to do anything, but it was like, it was, it was, it was embarrassing for me. Um, but these guys who don't even try, I'm always like, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by that. Right. It's,
0: it's like, um, guys I'll will make come in, weight. Ronnie. Guys will come in like six pounds overweight. <laughs> that's that's kind like
1: of that's super rare. It never happens in a big fight, but it happens enough.
0: It happens like more than it should. Like it happened a few times this year. I don't remember the exact guys. A like pound never, is a lot.
1: Pounds, pounds a, lot, is a lot,
0: like five pounds, six pounds. And it's like, you didn't do any of the homework or you didn't show up at all. And then you just show up to the final exam and you expect to, to pass. It's like-
1: <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think guys have a lot of trouble going like earlier in the week. Like, you know, weight cuts can go bad. Weight, hits, weight cuts are very, very strict. And you have to follow a very sp- specific protocol that literally the, the casuals will never, never, never understand. Even people who are in the sport, We'll never understand. But um, yeah, it's it's very easy to miss by a mile. Missing by an inch is missing by a mile when it comes to making weight mm-hmm. for a high-level fight like that. So um yeah, I say it all the time. Guys at the highest level, they're big, they're all big. Everyone's cutting a lot of weight. Yep. There's very few guys who are just showing up. Um Floyd Miller there, we like, said, Oh, he didn't cut any weight. Yeah, he still missed weight before. Like it happens. It's so not it's one. yeah, happens to literally, you know, the best. So
0: another good question from Ronnie from the casual corner is all you got ronnie three in a row baby
2: thank you for getting casual with me
0: Uh, r.i.p coolio uh remember always keep your hands high protect yourselves at all times and stay out of the game